If you cannot take up your cross and follow Jesus Christ, you're not worthy of Him. That's why the church today needs to learn how to submit to the Lordship of Christ. Not thinking about you first, thinking about Him first. Fully, completely. As you look to Him as the author, the finisher of our great faith. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Today, Raul continues our study of Christ's Sermon on the Mount. He'll describe in detail what it means to be poor in spirit, but rich in the Lord. We'll find out today that when we acknowledge our inadequacies and our need for a Savior, God can bless us with eternal wealth that has nothing to do with our bank accounts. Here's Raul Reese with today's teaching. Turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 3. Just one verse. Spiritual inadequacy. That's the title of my message. We're going to take every one of the Beatitudes individually, one by one, eight of them. And the reason I want to do that is because it's going to speak to us in our characteristics as believers, who we really are in Christ Jesus. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, he's not talking about financial poverty. He's talking about spiritual poverty. Really becoming nothing before you can become a servant of the Lord. In the Aramaic, which was the language of that time, It says this, Oh, the blessedness of being a Christian or the joy of following Jesus Christ. Blessed. Oh, how happy. Oh, how happy are those that are following the Lord, those that are being Christians, truly living according to the word of God. But then he uses not only the word blessed, but he says blessed are the poor. And notice, in spirit. And then he gives you the answer, for theirs is the kingdom, not of God, the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven that he's talking about here. Think about today, there's a lot of people that want to be his disciples, but are not willing to count the cost. It's going to cost you. To be a disciple of Jesus Christ is going to cost you tremendously. Not just anybody can become a disciple of Jesus Christ. Anybody can become a member of a church by signing a piece of paper. But to become a disciple of Jesus Christ, you have to be born again into the kingdom of God. That's what makes a difference between religion... And a religious person from a person that truly becomes born again by the Holy Spirit and becomes a disciple of Jesus Christ. And that is obeying his commandments. Obeying what he says in the word of God. When the disciples were with Jesus and they were up in Caesarea Philippi. If you've been to us with us, you get the picture. 
We're up in Caesarea Philippi. You come through the gates. You park the bus. And then all of a sudden you have this big old mountain of rock. And there's a big hole in the rock. And at the bottom of the rock, there's a stream of water that comes down, probably from Mount Hermon when the snow caps melt and it comes to the ground. And when you're standing there looking at this mountain and this huge cave, going back in history, this was the place where the Greeks would worship the god Pan. And also, anybody from all over the world that wanted to come to Caesarea Philippi, they would come because they would bring and worship their own gods, whatever that god was. So Jesus chose this time, as he's going to Jerusalem, he's going to be killed, and he wants to make sure that his disciples are not just following Jesus for the benefits. So what does he do? He gets all 12 of them, and he asks a question. Who do men say that I am? Wow, what a question. Who do people say that I am? And they all started talking with each other and said, well, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. And then he stopped them. He says, I don't care what everybody says. Who do you say that I am? Now it's individuality. Now it comes down to you and to me. Who do you say Jesus Christ is in your life? Is he really Lord of your life? Or is he just another religious character? In order to believe that Jesus Christ is my King and my Lord and my God, I have to be poor in spirit. There's no pride in being poor in spirit. And it's important because Jesus in that same place in Caesarea Philippi, when Peter stepped out and said, Jesus, you are the son of the living God. He said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, Peter, but my father in heaven has told you who I am. Has God told you who he is? You spend time in the word. You spend time in prayer. You spend time fasting. Forgetting about yourself, not thinking always of yourself. In the same place, Jesus, further down, in verse 24 to 26, he said this. And Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires, the desire has to be there. Anyone that desires to come after me, you want to be a disciple of Christ. Here's the qualification. Let him, number one, deny himself. There has to be a denial of ourselves. The word deny there means to forget about yourself. That's the first person you're always thinking about. If you're going to come to Jesus Christ and call yourself a Christian, then there has to be a denial of self in your life. Fully, completely. And secondly, he's going to tell you, he says, when you come after me, let him deny himself. Secondly, take up the cross. Take up the cross. We see crosses in all churches. People even wear crosses around their neck. The cross of Jesus Christ speaks of what? It speaks of death. Death. Jesus Christ died on the cross. He died. Are you dead to yourself? 
Have you truly died to yourself in order to have the power of the cross in your life? Not religiously, but as a real disciple of Jesus Christ. These are the qualifications. He goes on to say, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and then check this out, then follow me. You want to follow me? Come. And then he said this, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life, notice, for my sake will find life. As long as you live for yourself, you never find life. Never. And then he takes it one more step. He says in verse 26, For what profit is it to a man or a woman if he gains the whole world? But here's the result. And loses his own soul. Or what will a man or woman give in exchange for their soul? What's the thing that is controlling your life and your soul is being sold to that thing? There's many things. It could be your wife, it could be your husband, it could be your children, it could be your car, it could be your house, it could be money, whatever it is. Drugs, alcohol. Whatever dominates you, whatever you spend more time in, that's your God. Jesus says to lose your life and to not love yourself, to deny yourself. Fully, completely, Jesus said that. So it's important for me to understand that if he says that, then I must obey the word of God. This is one of the great requirements to become a disciple of Jesus Christ and to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And in the Beatitudes, we're going to see this. We're going to see that Jesus here is teaching the characteristics of being a disciple of Jesus Christ and enjoying the kingdom of heaven before we get there in this world. In this world, serving him and loving him. Denying ourselves. The word that he uses here in verse 3 at the beginning is the word blessed. The word blessed. It means all the bliss or to be congratulated. It is applied to eight conditions. Eight conditions of life and dividing into two groups. Those who believe and those who do not believe. Blessed spiritual joy and satisfaction that can only last regardless of the conditions we're facing. If it is of God, no matter what the condition may be, I have given my heart and my life to Him fully and completely. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Nothing. This blessedness carries through pain, through sorrow, through the loss of someone, or even to grieve that you're going through in your own personal life. Spiritual inadequacy in my life, in your life. That's why he says, Oh, happy is that man that is poor in spirit. Poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Another said this, Oh, the bliss of those who feel inadequate. 
It is the poor in spirit that our Lord Jesus Christ is referring to here, not the poor in pocket, not talking about your finances. Being poor in spirit does not really mean that a man must be in poverty stricken where you have no house, no car, no food, not anything that's physical. It's spiritual, spiritual bankruptcy. The virtue of poverty, spiritually speaking. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. We'd like to remind you that we're here to help fortify your faith with biblical guidance. We invite you to join Raul on his YouTube channel every week for Straight Talk, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. West Coast time. You can also visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165. Now, back to more of Raul's teaching. There are two words in the Greek that are used for poor. Number one, it means, someone said, one means someone who has nothing superfluous. That's not the one. Secondly, the second one who has nothing at all and is bankrupt and has no resources, but his resource is God. I like that. God is my main resource. Matthew 6.33, seek ye first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. A life that is spiritually bankrupt bankrupt and have no resources but my only resource is God he is fullness in my life I think the lesson is so clear here the person who is to be envied is the one person listen carefully in consciousness of his spiritual bankruptcy is cast back on God and draws of his limitless resources as he humbles himself before the king of kings and lord of lords Jesus, he's the one that we are to depend on, not the government, not our neighbors, not our families. Jesus, getting your eyes on God. This is so important in his last days. You see, the kind of attitude is gained to each one of us individually by denying ungodliness and worldliness. Ungodliness and worldliness. In Titus chapter 2.12, Paul the Apostle said, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. Not in heaven right now. In this present age that is so messed up. Things are getting tough. Things are getting out of hand. Things are in great confusion, but yet Jesus is in control. Especially when I submit my life fully, completely to him. Secondly, it expresses no longer living by, listen, the flesh. Your flesh is a problem. We like to feed it too much. Not food-wise. We like to build it up. Every one of the epistles, man, starting from the book of Romans and Paul's 14 epistles, James, one epistle, and then two epistles with Peter, 1st, 2nd Peter, and then the book of 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, Jude, and the book of Revelation. In every one of the epistles, he talks continually about getting rid of your flesh and walking by the power of the Spirit of God. 
First Peter 4.2 says this, that he no longer should live the rest of his time, not life, the rest of his time, in the flesh, for the lust of men, but for the will of God. There it is. The will of God should be our consistency. Not our will, but his will. And the third one is that if you really truly want to be poor in spirit, then you need to learn to forsake everything in your life to put him number one. Number one in your life. Very important. We read that in the book of Matthew chapter 16. If anybody wants to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Following Jesus Christ, forsaking everything and making him number one. Number one in my life. And then the next thing, fourthly, is again taking up the instrument of death, the cross. In Matthew 10, 38, he says, and he, this is another time, and he who does not take up his cross and follow after me, check this out, is not worthy of me. If you cannot take up your cross and follow Jesus Christ, you're not worthy of him. That's why the church today needs to learn how to submit to the Lordship of Christ. Not thinking about you first, thinking about him first. Fully, completely. As you look to him as the author, the finisher of our great faith. And he begins to speak to your heart and he leads you and guides you and he opens the doors and he closes the doors that he doesn't want you to go through. But that takes submission. Submission of my will to him. Fully, completely. And then fifthly, it's getting rid of your flesh. Crucifying the flesh. The flesh is the problem. In Galatians chapter 5, 24, Paul says, after giving all those details on the flesh, he says, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with all its passions and all desires. If you're a Christian, that's for you. You have crucified all your passions and desires to the cross of Jesus Christ. If not, your passions and desires will destroy you. And will take you away from the cross of Jesus Christ. And then sixthly, this is expressed by putting the former life away. The former life says, Ephesians 4.22, he says that you put off concerning your former conduct or manner of life, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Not only do we get old. But if you live in the flesh and you live in those desires of the flesh, you're going to be consumed by those desires and it can shorten your life. Look what alcohol does. Drugs. Sex. Money. Power. Pride. All these things that can destroy you. As Paul has told us in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, chapter 6, Galatians 5, Ephesians 5. Very important to understand what he's saying here. And then seventh, he says, is putting to death every sin in your life. Colossians chapter 3, 5 says, Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. 
So the opposite of being poor in spirit is having a spirit that is full of what? S-E-L-F, self. They will destroy you. And then pride. Pride will come and take over your life. But what's amazing and awesome is that such poverty, poor in spirit, leads to spiritual influence and true humility and true power with God and man. You'll really be a Christian. Because the Hebrew word poor here was used to describe the humble, the helpless man who put his whole trust in God fully, completely. Listen to the psalmist in Psalm 34, 6. This poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. I love that. Write that down. Psalm 34, 6. He helped me in all my troubles. What are your troubles that are facing you? Financial? Spiritual? Physical? Is he truly leading? Is he truly moving in your life? Is he the one that when you get up in the morning, you give him your full attention by spending time with him, reading, praying, before you go out to the world that wants to destroy you? The darkness you have to put on the light. We are the light. We are a light on the hill. That's what Jesus said. And yet why is it that so many in the church, and in every church, every week they're defeated Christians. It should never be that way. We should not be defeated. He's given us the power to overcome the enemy and to be victorious. And listen, and to encourage yourself in the Lord. Not in your problems. In the Lord. He's the one that takes away my problems. He's the one that looks deep down in my life. And he's the one that takes me and molds me and shakes me. And he puts me in the place where I can continue to look to him for everything and anything that he has for me in my life. Pray that today's lesson has shown you the importance of pursuing eternity's wealth over the world's temporary riches. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Now, if you've heard just part of today's message, you can get a complete copy for a gift of $5 or more. Just call 800-634-9165 and ask for Raul's teaching title, Spiritual Inadequacy. As you consider the blessings of keeping your eyes fixed on heaven, we'd like to tell you all about an inspiring new resource from Roll. It's a book titled Sermon of Sermons. It delves more deeply into Jesus' instructions for applying your faith into everything from your relationships to your finances. You'll see that as you walk in communion with your Savior, He can direct you in paths of righteousness. We're offering Rawls' new book titled Sermon of Sermons for the introductory rate of just $12 plus shipping and handling. Don't wait to take advantage of this limited-time discount. Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165. That's 800-634-9165. Or write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, Post Office Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. To help you grow in your understanding of the Word of God, we have several free resources. Download the Somebody Loves You app to fortify your spiritual life with more of Rawls' teaching, as well as an easy scripture reading plan, convenient digital Bible studies, and much more. 
You can also download any of these programs as podcasts when you go to Spotify and iTunes. And if you haven't already, visit us online and subscribe to Rawls' daily devotional emails. We'd also love to have you visit us on Facebook and Instagram. These daily ministry programs are brought to you because of your continued prayers and financial support. Thanks so much for partnering with us, and don't forget, every gift is tax-deductible. Well, again, it's always good to connect with you over the pages of God's Word, and we hope you'll join us again next time as we dive into more of its eternal truth. Here's Raul with a closing comment. You only have one life to live, and they'll soon be passed, and the only thing that will last is what you do for Christ, period. Remember that. Only one life to live. Don't throw it away. Don't misspend your life. Doing something that God has not called you to do. But to stay focused. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. They're the ones that are going to be in heaven. They're the ones that will benefit here on the earth. As God not only touches you and anoints you. And uses your life in the highways and the byways. At work, at school, in the gym, at the beach, in the mountains, in the desert. Wherever you go, you are an open book. You are light and salt. Light and salt. Because you have answered to the call of God. He says, blessed is the man who has realized his own utter helplessness. And who has put his whole trust in God. I love that. A person who has realized his own utter helplessness. I can't do it. But God can do it. I am falling in love with you. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.